Hey everyone, it's Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone reminding you to check out H2 Sports Podcast for all the latest and greatest on the NFL, the Giants, and all your favorite sports courtesy of Abby Halpin. You listen to Abby. She knows her stuff. She's a future star. H2 Sports, check it out. Thanks, Scott. Hey, guys. It's your host, Abby Halpin here, and today I sat down with one half of the Mac Attack on WFNC Sports Radio. In Charlotte, North Carolina, I sat down with uh, Travis Hancock. We tried to get Chris McClain on, but he was having some technical difficulties, so I I just sat down with uh, Travis, and we talked all things Panthers, Hornets, college football, and we even touched on the social media popularity of his uh, adorable dog, Mabel. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview. Welcome back to the H2 Sports Podcast. And today, once again, I have ditched my dad. And I'm here with uh, one half of the Mac Attack on WFND on sports radio. I am here with uh, Travis Hancock. How are you today, Travis? Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm one half. We tried to get Mac in here and internet problems occurred. So this is what I like to call my Monday through Friday on the Mac attack. So I'm here and Mac is internet has gone out. So uh, glad to be here. Glad to help. Glad to uh, talk about your broadcasting career and what's left of mine. So it should be a, should be a lot of fun. Do you guys, we were having some technical difficulties before we started recording. Well, that's, saying, well, that's, saying, well, that's saying something right there. That was, Ooh, that took 20 minutes of my life. It was a decent amount. Did you guys have, when you guys had to record, uh, from home during the pandemic, did you guys have a lot of these issues and how did you navigate that? Uh, what you saw before you started recording, what was, was a lot of what we had. It was me sitting here and trying to make sure that max internet did not go out. So yeah, this is not, this is not foreign to, uh, the process here, but he'll, I promise he'll get, he'll come on your podcast again when you get him back on by himself. I will I'll make that. I'll make, I know I have connections. I can make that happen. <laughs> I will. I'm going to hold you to that. No doubt. Text you in a month. So you guys got to, what was it like when you got back, finally got back in that studio after you had to record from home for so long? Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I thought it, it's when you go from recording from home and, and what we're doing right now, it's harder on a four hour radio show to really show your full personality because the acoustics and everything is just so different. But I thought it made me be- me personally. I thought it made me better because once we got back to regular microphones and just regular talking, it was like nothing. It was easy. So it's easier to communicate when you're in person. So I'm actually kind of grateful for the experience. I thought I became better from home because I had to go through the most primitive stuff you could do. Like I'm, I, mean, I don't have a printer here. So like when I'm doing all the stats, I'm writing it by hand and like, everything was like handwritten and it wasn't easy. I didn't have my, my sound effects machine. I didn't have all the stuff. So to do it without that, it, it's, it was pretty, I, I I'm grateful we did it because I think we're better off for it now. So, and we did it, you know, we didn't exactly do that during football season, right? We did it during a time we, uh, February to July. So there was college basketball, there was the Hornets, but we had to really be creative and crafty and, and sort of, be really uh, imaginative in our process and I'm grateful for that and you mentioned you were uh, home from February to July and a little bit after you guys got back um, from being home you guys got to go to Panthers training camp how was it to get to be there in person at Wofford 
Uh, it was different. Normally we have a different boss regime now. So we used to go for one day and then they'd bring over like 15 players and we just do a whole day. This, this new boss that we have wanted us out there, you know, 12, 13 times. So obviously when you do that, you're not going to have that amount of guests. So it was just, you pretty much did the Mac attack from a hill at training camp, but it was fun. Uh, it was good to be back out. It was good to see our media friends. The drive is pretty hellacious. So that was kind of rough, but uh, it, it was fun. It's good to see the team in person. I don't think it was the most exciting of training camps. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot happening necessarily, but to just be around the team and other media people and just sort of figure out what the storylines are, that was important too. So it was a, it was a good, it was a good time when we did it. We didn't go as many as we thought we were going to do because of rain. And I think they thought we were starting to wear down because when we're out there in the morning, that's a two thirty wake up call. So that can be a little bit rough. So, but yeah, I, I had, I had a good time now, hopefully when it gets to rock Hill, it won't be quite as bad of a drive, obviously. Yeah. What were, you mentioned, what were those storylines from training camp that you saw or heard? Well, I think Sam Darnold's a big one because obviously a quarterback is always going to be a big storyline. Was Taylor Moten moving the left tackle at all? That was one thing to monitor. A lot of rookies in this class. So it was fun to sort of watch them. JC Horn in person, by the way, is just a physical specimen. Like you notice it right away. You're like, wow, that you see what they saw, you know, in the process. So just seeing the rookies, seeing Darnold, seeing the the young players, you know, it's, you know, you, I'm not the biggest training camp fan. I think it's fun to watch all the results, but I, I sort of have to see them play the games a little bit to sort of, to sort of get the full feel, but you know, it's, you know, you, you can have a number of takeaways, but maybe not quite as many when you actually see them play the game. Do you think, so Sam Darnold, when he was in New York, wasn't the best quarterback, I'd say. Do you think that the trade to Carolina that happened in the offseason will affect him positively? Uh, it's got to. I'm a Jets fan, too, so I saw most of his throws, and it's pretty nightmarish uh, what he went through. But, look, nothing, nothing was set for him. He had the most nondescript wide receivers, he had a terrible head coach. He was a crazy man. Um, he had bad offensive line for the most part. He was injured. He had mono. He had a 37-year-old running back in Frank Gore. So a guy that's my age was his running back. Now he goes to Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Harris Marshall, Robbie Anderson, a guy that he knows. So the offensive line might not be too much better than it was in New York right now because it doesn't look good. But it's certainly an upgrade and – if they give him any time to throw the ball, he certainly just by moving here can be better. And I also think that a California kid that's pretty chill playing in New York at that age, that's tough. So comes down here a little more relaxed. Like a lot of people fail when you're, you're a Yankees fan, right? So you see how many pitchers fail, right? Even if yes. they're good, they go to New York. Like Sonny Gray was really good, but he was a little laid back and he, and he comes to New York and it's just, Happens to the Mets too with their players. So New York will eat you alive. And I, and I think Sam Darnold was too young, but he handled it well. But Zach Wilson may have the same problem at some point. How do you handle New York? Not everyone does. So I think the, the media not being as uh, in your face here as it was in New York, a little more laid back, that's going to be a big factor too. Do you think you mentioned the wide receivers? You mentioned DJ Moore do you, and Robbie Anderson. Do you think that wide receiving core has a potential to be like a top four, top five receiving core in the league? Yeah, especially if Terrace Marshall is as good as we think he is. And he played well the other night. 
Uh, I, they re-signed Robbie the other day, and I get it to a point. But I think Terrace Marshall in time would be better than Robbie Anderson. I think Terrace Marshall has the ability maybe not to be as good as DJ Moore, but to at least almost be equal to DJ Moore. So you throw him in there, uh, the tight end position. I think that weapons wise, they, they can be as, they can be as, as you're right. They could be top three, top four, top five. If Terrace Marshall continues to progress, they got to put the ball in the end zone more though. That's part of the DJ Moore problem is that I don't think he gets ranked as high in some places because of the lack of touchdowns. So if he puts more touchdowns on the board, he's going to get higher rank, but yeah, just talent wise. Look, they, to me, they, they have, they're starting to build like a, a roster that can win a championship in time. When you look at all the defensive players, the skill guys, um, they're just missing the left tackle and the quarterback. That's the most important spots, but everything else is starting to fill in there. And if they can figure out the quarterback and the left tackle, their roster outside of those two positions if the defense continues to rise up, I don't, that's a Falcon term. So sorry. If that defense continues to play at a high level and grow together, they, they, they've got one of the more talented young rosters in all of football here. You mentioned they could build a championship in the coming years. If you're looking at this year alone, how far do you think the talent on this team can take them for this season? Yes, sir. I think that they can be a, a 10 win football team, although they could, they could go 10 and seven, they could go seven and 10. I didn't like the pass protection in the preseason. I thought that that, especially against Pittsburgh, that's, that's dicey because, you know, Darnold has the guys around him, but you've got to give him time to at least let things happen. And, you know, he's dropping back and throwing the ball, right? He's going to do a lot of short passes, but when the players are downfield and he's got to throw to these guys, you've got to give him some time to let the routes develop or else he's get eaten alive. So the offensive line to me is, Will they be picking towards the top of the draft again in the top five, top six, top seven, whatever? Or are they going to be a team contending for the playoffs? It's hard to tell. I think they can win 10. As long as the offensive line just is average, just be average. Like that's my life motto. Just I try to be average every day. Not, nothing too extreme, but uh, just be average, and they can be a pretty good football you, they could. You said they could be like, if they don't do well, they could be in the top five in draft picks. Do you think – if Sam Howell of UNC declares for the draft, do you see him as a fit in Carolina back at home? Yeah. I just don't know if they're going to get high enough for him. And obviously things change within this process, but Sam Howell might be the number one, number two. He sort of is like Baker Mayfield in some ways. Uh, Both he resembles him and plays like him a little bit. So I don't know if they're going to be that bad. You know, I don't, I don't know. They, I mean, could they trade up? And get Howell, well, certainly that might be a discussion at some point, but I don't see Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler as those guys right now. Now, the kid from Liberty, Malik Willis, who a lot of people love, he might be a guy that's like the modern-day NFL quarterback that he could, you know, depending on where you think they may pick. If they win six or seven, they're probably, what, six, seven, eight, five, six, seven, eight. That's kind of where Malik Willis from Liberty is. So I wonder if that's more of a guy, if it fell apart, it's going to be that area. So it's not going to fall apart to like Jacksonville or the Jets from last year. But I think <laughs> if it did, which is, which is a bad area to go. But if it does six, seven, eight, kind of where they were last year, that would be a failure too. Cause we think they're supposed to be better right now. And you, we talk about college football. Are you, 
excited for this season of college football, considering all the news that it's created the past couple months? Yeah, I get really fired up, especially this time of the year. I like the first week of college football when it's without the NFL. That's kind of a cool weekend. They've done a really good job of making sure that basically Thursday through a Monday is, is loaded up. So I get excited about it. Uh, my Gamecocks don't have a loss yet. So that's always a, a beat positive thing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it. I wish that, you know, I watched Nebraska, Illinois yesterday, but the, they really got to do something about the length of games for college football. Like it's getting really bad. Like yesterday, that was almost a four hour game and we love football, but that's, that's when there's so many games going on on a Saturday, you just let's, try to get this thing moving a little quicker here. They've really got to do something about that. Cause those, those college football games, they take forever. It's fun. I'm grateful they're on, but man, if you don't have a, a, a team investment in those games, I mean, that took half, that took half my day yesterday. <laughs> do you prefer being at college football games or NFL games? Cause they're two very different atmospheres. Two very different, two very different atmospheres. I'm more of a, I prefer the game at home type person. So I like to be able to watch it on TV. I was at the preseason game the other night between the Steelers and the Panthers. And uh, it's a lot, right? It's, it's, it's hard to follow. It's a lot of, I like basketball in person because I think it's easier to access. Like the Panther game, for example, there's so much walking involved from, from where we, where you park and where the, our dog house is, the FNZ dog. Like, there's a lot of walk. You got to walk up the ramp. If you don't find the S there's a lot like just to get to the seat in football. It's fun. It's fine. I prefer at home. I do think the college environments are a little more fun than NFL. Uh, so I'd say college, but I like to be at home more than anything. I know that sounds like an old man answer, but uh, I've, got, I've gotten past my, uh, past my in-person prime, I think, a little bit here. Yeah, home is the safest place. Nothing, nothing bad can happen at home. if the game gets out of hand, you can easily change it. You can't change a game in person. Exactly. I've tried before. I've tried to, like, switch that game. It's like, oh, no, I'm here. <laughs> So I can't do it. And you mentioned you prefer being at basketball games. You guys do a lot of talk about the Hornets a lot. How are you feeling about them going into the season? Um, I feel about the same. I, I think certainly that they should at least be contending for seven, eight range. I know that's still the, the plan. So I, I, the Eastern conference is so good and so deep right now that it's hard to really look at the top seven teams and remove one. Now injuries can happen. Um, you know, and just a team not playing well can happen, but right now where we sit, it's hard for me to take out certainly the top three, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, the Knicks, they're not moving. And you've got the Knicks, the Hawks, the heat, the bulls are better. It's hard to like sit there and go, which one's coming out of that. And then that leaves you with the, the Raptors, the Pacers, the Celtics and the Hornets. There's only really three bad teams in the East, Detroit, Cleveland, and Orlando. All the other ones, like Indiana didn't blow up their team. Toronto still has Siakam and Van Vliet. Like, I, I don't know how – they weren't good last year, and Boston still got stars. So, to me, they're in that playing Wizards, I think, actually, despite trading Russell Westbrook. They added a bunch of guys to, to, to replace him. So, I think they're in that playing range again because uh, I, I also don't – it's hard to really figure out how many games Gordon Hayward's going to play. Now, just naturally, like like Ball and Bridges and Rogier and the new guy, they're naturally going to keep getting better at those guys. But Gordon Hayward's such a key, but he's going to miss time. It's, it, you know, I always say, like, 
you know, he's going to miss a certain amount of games. It's just a matter of how many and when he misses those games. You don't know. You hope maybe it's early and not late like it was last year. But if Gordon Hayward plays, certainly they can contend six, seven, eight range like they did. But if he gets help, hurt, they got Kelly Oubre to replace him now, and that helps, but he's not Gordon Hayward. So it just to me, it depends on Hayward's health, how far they can go. And you met, you brought up LaMelo Ball. I feel like he brought a lot of attention and a lot more uh, fans to this team, and he won Rookie of the Year what, even after he broke his wrist. Do you think he can build off of that Rookie of the Year campaign he had last season? Oh, definitely, definitely. And um, He's only going to keep getting better, and his game's going to uh, – keep expanding and he's going to be surrounded by Rogier and the, the elevated play of bridges and, and the young guy. So he's only going to get better and better. And that's, that's the thing too, is it's a mellow. One of those guys, you know, like, for example, like Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, like it doesn't matter who's around him. They're always good. As long as he's there, like right. Luca and Dallas in the NBA with the Mavericks, as long as he's there, it doesn't really matter who's there. I mean, it matters for how far, they can eventually go, but like, they're always going to be relevant because he makes everyone better. Well, Melo can be one of those guys, even if you lost certain players injury or this guy, or this guy, I think Lamelo naturally being on the team is going to just make them at least relevant and better. That makes any sense. Is, would you say he's the most exciting player to watch on that team? Yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt. It's only going to get more. Although, you know, Miles Bridges is exciting too, though. So yeah, that's a very, that's actually a good topic question right there who are the most exciting athletes in Charlotte? You know, that's a pretty good listen to the radio show tomorrow. That might be one of them. Um, no, I think LaMelo is, but Bridges, wow. Yeah. Bridges is the highlight reel though. So that's a really good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to think about that one and get back to you on that one. actually, Cause I naturally said LaMelo, but you know, Bridges, the combination. Yeah. I don't know. That's a very good question. I like that. Do you think Aaron call Eric Collins is calls of miles? Uh, bridges make his make him more exciting yeah it could yeah eric eric collins might be the most exciting person in charlotte sports so uh i got really fired up today i heard an ad on our radio station and he he was voicing the ad because whenever we get like towards the season we always worry like is he gonna go now like is he gonna when you hear his voice it's like all right well he's still in so it's good all I feel like all I see, I see him on, I was on Instagram and all I saw was him calling on Twitter and Instagram on sports. Right. I was listening to a Hornets breakdown on the ringer today of like the season. And uh, they were excited. They were talking about the team's playoff chances and they threw Eric Collins into the playoff formula. I was like, <laughs> how does the bro- how does the broadcaster, what, is, what are we at here? How does that happen? But they did it. So I was like, why is Eric Collins being, what is he playing now? But I, Hey, it's, it's attention and it's good attention. So, yeah. And we've talked, we've talked about uh, NFL. We've talked about college football. We've talked about the NBA out of those three sports, which season are you most excited for? Yeah, sorry. My, my feet could have said NBA college and NFL. Yeah. Which one are you most excited for? Oh man. I like them all. That's, that's like picking between. I don't have kids, but <laughs> I did. Yeah. I like them all, man, for all different reasons. Uh, I think the NFL for the radio purposes for us is the one that carries it the most, but college football and the NBA uh, does it too. Uh, probably the NFL, because I think the Panthers are what drives us. Uh, college football to me, it's fun, but it's so not parody driven. So like 
we have a lot of Clemson fans, but our Clemson storylines are, they're kind of like, you know, well, they, will they ever lose or they're the Clemson storylines don't normally start normally until like, you know, mid December, you know what right. I mean? So it's not quite as, and it's, it's, it's very similar year in year out. Now, North Carolina Tar Heels, they could change that. That's going to be exciting, but I would still say the Panthers for now, but you know, if they, they fall apart, things that that's, that's a, that's a good question. And to me, that's an ever changing one. It's the Panthers, but they can throw up some bad seasons every now and then where people are like, it's basketball time. So I think it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. A good question. I totally agree. There are sometimes a month and a half ago, we're both Yankees fans when they were yeah. not playing their best. I was like, Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for fo- for bat for football right. season to start and get rid of that. How do you, they just ended a 13 game win streak. How are you feeling about the Yankees right now? Oh, I, I didn't think five, six weeks ago, I'd be talking about them being the, the hottest team in baseball, but um, it's been, it's been an unbelievable run. And I think that this week showed me, the brave. I was looking at this Braves A's week. Even if they lose, as a as a press time of recording, even if they lost tonight and it was four and two with Atlanta, Oakland. To me, that's a telling sign that this team, because you know, baseball is such a weird sport. When they when they when they got to Atlanta earlier in the week, it was sort of like even if a team is hot, a change of venue, anything could just stop the momentum. Eh? But the DH getting removed, like. There's so many things that could just start uh, a negative, especially with the Yankees. All of a sudden, they go lose four out of five. To me, they they treated those Braves games like they were World Series games. It felt like that. And to me, that was the turning point in my own head. Despite the winning streak being at nine when it started, I said, yeah, they're, they're, they're good. They won two games with Jordan Montgomery, who's okay, and um, Andrew Heaney, who's terrible. <laughs> so for them to win those two without using – uh, Tyone and Cole and even Nestor to win those two was yeah, there. And then they go in Oakland and win the first two. This is, this was the most important week of the season yes. to me for what I think they can be. The bullpen's still a little shaky uh, here and there, but you know, and they're starting to get carried by the guys that should carry them. Yes. Sometimes in recent years, they've been carried by guys that, you know, are eventually going to, turn into they turn into who they're supposed to be the Mike Hawkins of the world and <laughs> certain guys, right. Where it's like, that's not going to last a long time, but it's judge and Stanton and it's, it's Voight and it's, it's a, it's a nasty lineup. And we knew eventually they're going to hit. And uh, that, that lineup with Stanton in the outfield and Voight DHing is just, that's a pitcher's nightmare. I think Stanton too. I feel like I'm sure the numbers are out there. I feel like Stanton plays much better when he's in the outfield. I feel like he's in the games. He's engaged. I think his body is looser. I don't know. Some guys can't DH uh, fully. I think he, he, he feels just better in the outfield. He's not a great outfielder anymore, but uh, I feel like the ultimate playoff lineup has him out there. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. I think uh, the, the trades of Rizzo and Gallo really, and despite them, Rizzo's in a little bit of a slump, but, and Gallo's, hit or miss, but he's a great right. defensive player. But those guys being in there, it, it showed the the team like, hey, we're we're going for this thing. If they go for the whole thing and it's a Braves Yankees World Series, will you be in Atlanta 
for any of those games? No, probably not, because it's football time. I'm, I wouldn't miss any shows. I've never been to a World Series game before. You know, now I think about it, that would be kind of a fun experience. Um, probably not, but I, that's something I have to consider, though. I think I need to. I, all the Yankees World Series when I was younger, I never got a chance to go to one. So that is a pretty good That is a pretty good uh, idea. Tickets might be very expensive, though, for that, though. So if you can ask your dad for some hookups on Yankees tickets, uh, he knows where to find me. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we'll all drive down to Atlanta and we'll go together. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. So let's shift more to like you as a person. Did you you said you're a Jets fan, you're a Yankee fan. What led you to Charlotte and the Mac attack? Well, I was born in Connecticut. So I lived there till I was 12. So that's where all the New York stuff comes from. My dad and, you know, I was right in the middle of Boston and New York. So like literally right in the middle of it all. So, you know, you kind of got to make that choice. You know, which direction am I going in? Am I going to go? the North and root for the Boston teams. And when I lived up there, the Boston teams were terrible. Like Boston had the curse and the Celtics were bad at the end of when I lived there. Uh, Patriots were, were terrible. They had packed the Patriot logo. They were awful. The Bruins were bad. And then I gravitated all towards the New York teams. The Yankees had their run. And then um, the Knicks have been the Knicks now the last 20 years. But when I was younger though, they were phenomenal in the nineties. So I just gravitated towards those teams. And then once I moved out of there, uh, all, all heck broke loose because Patriots went on a run. Boston Celtics were good. Bruins are good. They all be They all, they all blew up. So, and I, I grew up a diehard Yukon Huskies fan, like diehard, even, even until recently, I kind of had to, I have so many things going on. It, the allegiance, it's hard to follow that day in, day out, but, but even Yukon, since I moved won four titles, the women won like 12 since I, so I'm like, how many titles have that area won <laughs> since I moved? Well, I moved to Winston Salem when I was 12 and then, uh, was there till I was 20 and I went to broadcasting school in Charlotte. And then I was the intern for Mac, the Mac attack. And then I got hired and I've been there now 16 plus years. So, and you guys I've only I was- had two jobs. So I've, I've only, I've worked at Food Lion uh, as a bagger and I read off the deli specials. Like that's where my broadcasting career kind of got started. I would just, just not good. No, like what? My uncle was the manager. So they just let me have free reign at the microphone. I would be like, ladies and gentlemen, get your hand. <laughs> and people would like cheer and like Yay! And old people and. Then I went to broadcasting school when I got, I've only had, like, I've only had two jobs. Like if I had to go find another job, I don't know what I'd even do. I'd be like, uh, I've never had a resume before. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Never had that happen. That's why I kind of hang Don't tell anybody, but that's kind of why I kind of hang out of this job because if I don't, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I will keep that between us and whoever listens. Thank you. I will keep that. You said you've been at the Mac attack for 16 years. I listen to you guys every single morning on the way to school and you guys sound so great together. You mesh so well. How do you keep that on air chemistry after such a long time? A lot of coffee. Uh, That helps a lot of coffee and a lot of prayer uh, (laughs) vitamins, uh, anything that you can do to supplement your body in a positive manner. No, uh, I think it's just, we're very, we're very, uh, if you listen every day, we're, we're very similar, actually. I know that we argue a lot, but we're similar personalities. So I think that that meshes well. 
I think we both have a love for the uh, the industry, and I, and I think it's never been about it's never been about individuality like me and him. It's, it's always about what's best for the show, and you know what can we do to to make it better. How can we sacrifice a little bit of our pride to entertain? A little bit of uh, there's sacrifice involved. There's a little bit of that too. Like I had to, I was a producer from 2005 until 2017 or 18. So I had 13 years of, of being his, his right-hand man behind the scenes of booking all the guests. And, and I still do that, by the way, I still do the guest booking with him. Like, so I still have that producer mentality. So I think that's a big part of it too, because I've done both things for so long. Right. I can be on the show and talking and, and sort of producing how it can go at the same time. So I think that, that helps me too. I, I'm, I'm grateful to host and I have that down, but I also don't forget what I have to, what I'd have to do to get there and make the show better. And him, I think him having me there still in the, in a guy that can do both things is unique. You know what I mean? There's not Absolutely. many people that can produce for that long and can co-host. So uh, it's a unique skill set that I've had to sort of develop. It's not a natural skill set. I faked my way through a lot of years, <laughs> but uh, I fooled a lot of people. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 uh, just uh, understanding each other and, and and knowing what's what's best for the show in that moment. I think helps out too. You guys have so many great segments. Like my favorite one is "What the Bleep." I get in the car and I listen to it. It makes me oh, laugh yeah. out loud. What's your favorite? segment to host uh that's that's up there uh that, yeah that's certainly the, the best part about that is finding the stories like that to me is like oh my oh my goodness like because sometimes it's like is this real like sometimes yeah that's uh that's fun um i'm trying to think of we don't have a ton of those we have a couple that we do i think that's probably the best one right there i kind of like the end of the show i don't know if you ever hear the end of the show uh, the wrap up segment, which kind of ties everything all together. And it's sort of the, sort of the, the show version of what the belief kind of, it's just like what happened during the show. Yeah. And it's a little more free flowing to me where I can just be ridiculous more than usual <laughs> because it's not like structured. So it's just sort of like it's chaos. So that I like that one too. It's sort of, that's fun too. And I do have to ask while I have you on here, your dog, Mabel. Yeah. Mabel, Mabel. Yeah has become one of my favorite Twitter follows. I love <laughs> the car pictures on your way to Chicken Nugget Fridays. How do you feel uh, about her uh, social media popularity? It's gotten to the point where there, I, I think there are some people and uh, people that are like close to me that forget that she's a dog. <laughs> and I don't think some people realize that I'm tweeting on her behalf sometimes. <laughs> Where they're like, oh, Mabel just blasted you. I'm like, oh, how dare she, right? I'm like, yeah. I'll talk to her about that later. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, that, that means you've hooked them in, though. Yeah. When, you can, when you can almost fool people and brand a dog to the point of they think she's real, that's one thing I can do. I can, I can brand some things. Like a couple, a couple of our listeners I've gotten branded, too, like along the way, where it's almost like, you know, I'm partly responsible as like creating Frankenstein for some of our, our, our people, but yeah, she's, uh, she's awesome. She's, uh, I've had her for two years this month. She's going through some things right now. Uh, a little bit of age stuff where a little bit of like a, a dementia starting to kick in a little bit. 
So I don't think it's I don't think it's like a death knell, but I think it's certainly something that hinders her. So we're gonna get that figured out. Uh, she's become bigger than just my dog. It's kind of weird where she's almost uh, the city's dog in some ways. Yeah. Where they all they all look after. I get asked about her more than anything. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, no, she's become uh, she's the most well behaved dog to the point. Sometimes I'm like, hey, do something like bark. <laughs> she hasn't barked in two years. She doesn't communicate through barking at all. She just makes noises. She doesn't really, she doesn't bark. She doesn't play with toys at all. So I don't know what her story was leading up to this point. Right. She was from, she was from a, a family of hoarders where she had to sleep on like newspapers and stuff. So I don't know, like, that's what worries me about her age a little bit is I don't know how, what she went through. You right. know, she's 10, but I'm like, is she an old 10? You know, I don't, I don't know, but she's certainly uh she means a lot to me. She came at the right time. And, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's my best friend and, uh, she's a lot of people's best friend. And I think some people, uh, the, the, the kindness towards her, uh, she's got quite a Twitter following developing too. Of uh, a lot of old people seem to really gravitate, which is fine, but there's a lot of people where I'm like, there's a news anchor in town that, that there's a male news anchor in town that talks to her Mabel all the time. She talks to Mabel and tweets at her. He doesn't follow me. <laughs> I've tried to talk to the guy. I'm like, yeah. yeah. No, I don't, I don't think this guy has any idea who I am whatsoever. And that's sort of the fun of the whole thing. And people love her so much that they're like, they're Venmoing you to pay for oh, chicken nugget Friday. She, she collected $25 the other day just by, yeah. She got about, she got about $200 at Christmas time from people. Oh, the, the, you know, the, what I, I'm grateful for that. But I'll say, though, like she doesn't need two hundred dollars <laughs> worth of chicken nuggets. That's going to me like that's not like she doesn't have her own yeah. debit card. Like I I can't give her. They're like ninety nine cents. So now I've got like all this nugget money and I'm like, well, let me go to supersize whatever I got. Uh, it's great. It's fine. It's great. But I think the most important thing, though, is that it creates awareness for senior dogs. Yeah. Uh, black colored dogs and senior dogs are, are the least that are rescued for whatever reason. So I think uh, my whole thing was to bring awareness to uh, rescuing and, and senior dogs and, and black dogs. I, they, they, we got, all dogs need a chance. And my whole thing is I try to do something every day to sort of make it worth her while. I, I know that her time's not long. So, right. like, let's not waste any day. So, you know, hey, let's I don't overdo it. But I'm like, hey, let's go for a ride. Let's make sure that every day for her means something. You know. Is there a, a charity of rescue that you'd like to shout out that you rescued? Did you rescue her through a charity or a company? Yeah, one in Mooresville called Piedmont Animal Rescue. Uh, if you just Google that, it's uh, I, I, I assume it's still there because of COVID. But uh, yeah, Piedmont Animal Rescue. The day I got her, she was at a fo- she she was at a foster home. And I was like, where is this dog staying at? So I had to go find her in Mooresville. And I had to go to a gated community. I was like, a gated community? And I, and I, and I pull in, and like she's, she, she's like sitting by a waterfall in the backyard. And I'm like, oh, she's about to have a rude awakening where I live. So I brought her back to my apartment. She looked around like, where is this guy? It was almost like a TV sitcom where she was like, where is this guy living? And she's like, I guess I'll stay here for a while. But yeah. You should see her in the na- you should see her in the neighborhood. 
like people come over just to meet her when they move in. And I'm like, yeah, she's right here. They yell from the balcony. Sometimes they drivers like random, like food delivery drivers will yell her name out. And I'm like, how do you even know blank person? Like, how do you know the Jimmy John's guy? Like, I don't, I don't know the Jimmy John's guy. That is so funny. We mentioned Mabel's Twitter following. If you want to plug your own Twitter, so people who follow Mabel also follow you. If you want to go ahead and plug your social media, yeah. Or it. why even plug my own? Uh, I'm at Tvon WFNZ. She's at Mabel. Is it Mabel June? Yeah, Mabel June two. Yes. So the number two. So uh, Mabel June two. Bone, thank you so 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 much for no sitting problem. down with me. I don't think I've ever laughed this much during an interview thank you so so much for taking time out of your day to do this i just want to thank technology for taking mac out of here so i can talk more for once right like i finally got see this is what i do all day but now he did there wasn't there was an interruption from mac today this was beautiful <laughs> a lovely experience i'm glad you enjoyed it thank you so so much for enjoying it with me i'm glad i got to sit down and chat with you i've wanted to do this for a while good good luck to you if you need any uh college advice I got a lot of teams, a lot of people that I, I get you into about 17 different schools. I will definitely message you about right. that. I might need that. We'll be following your career too. You might be doing what we're doing relatively soon. So we all wish you the best for you as well. I hope so. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Alrighty guys, that was my amazing interview with Travis Hancock of the Mac Attack on WFNZ Radio. If you live in the Charlotte area, they are on channel 610 AM from 6 to 10 AM every Monday through Friday, and they are just my favorite radio show. I'm so glad I got to sit down and chat with him. If you would like to follow uh, me on social media, I am at Abby M. Helpin on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow my dad on Twitter and Instagram, he is at jhelpin37. And if you want to follow the pod... We are at H2 Sports Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. See you guys next time.